the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. We've been looking at entering into new doors. Somebody's entering into new doors. It's our year of newness, and we want to understand what is it that God is doing in our lives. Somebody say, what is God doing in our lives? And turn to you anyway and say, God is opening new doors. There are doors of favor. There are doors of opportunities. There are doors of greatness. There are doors of leadership. Praise God. God is opening unto us new doors and you will enter them. And so we want to explore how we can enter the doors God is opening to us. And we touch on the first thing that can stop us. If the door is open and Satan cannot stop us, we need to find out what else can stop us. Because he said, I've said before thee an open door which no man shall shut. And we establish that God means everything he says. He said, all the promises of God in Christ are yea and what? Amen. He is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. What he has said, he will do. What he has spoken, he will bring to pass. And so, if God is committed to what he says, and is committed to doing and bringing to pass what he says, then we need to explore the things that can internally stop us. Satan cannot be your stopper. God is for you. So, who can be your worst enemy? We realize that one of the things that can stop our own destinies is ourselves. Somebody say, me, myself, and I. I. Yeah, so you want to deal with it. Whatever it is within you that can stop your destiny, can stop you from reaching your highest aspirations or God's highest expectation for you, you want to explore it and deal with it. And the first one we talked about is fear. Somebody say fear. Fear is one of the things that all of us will be exposed to at one point in time or the other in our lives. Every time God brings you to a point of entering a new door, one of the things God will always address is fear. Somebody say fear. Yeah. When Joshua stepped into the shoes of Moses, one of the first things God told him, he said, do not be afraid. Be courageous and don't be afraid. It was a time for Joshua to step into the shoes of Moses as a fresh leader taking the children of Israel from the wilderness into Cana. And God spoke unto him and said, Joshua, if you are going to get the people into the place I've ordained for you to get them to, you must deal with your fears. Somebody said, deal with your fears. We establish the fact that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. So anytime we are confronted to fear, we need to understand that fear is not of God. Fear is not a gift from God. Fear is a demonic agent sent from hell. It shall not overpower you. 
Last week, I touched on one other thing that we said is very critical if you are going to enter into new doors. And we talked about excellent packaging. Somebody say excellent packaging. Excellent. Say excellent packaging. excellent packaging. One of the things Africans are not good at is packaging. Africans are not good at packaging at all. And one of the things that Chinese people have learned to do is to package things well. Chinese can package a very crooked and basa basa shoe for you. There are some shoes, when you look at it, it looks solid. You only wear it for two weeks. Excellent packaging. We are not saying that make the outside good and inside bad. We've already established the fact that your inside is good. Somebody say, my inside is good. There is nothing bad in you. Everything in you is good. And if you learn to acknowledge the good things in you, your faith will work. Most of us, the greatest enemy of our faith is that we are consciously acknowledging the bad things in us. And I'm not prayerful. And I'm not righteous. And I'm not holy. Every time you are more conscious of the things that are negative in you than the good things that are in you. But the Bible talks about, it said that your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing in you. Somebody say, every good thing. You see, in yourself, there is no good thing. But with yourself in Christ, everything is good. Somebody say, I in Christ, everything is good. That's why the best place you want to be is consciously remain in Christ. I don't want to consider my life outside Christ because my life outside Christ is a failure. My life outside Christ is a misery. My life outside Christ is full of sickness. But my life in Christ is full of victory. In Christ, I am righteous. In Christ, I am holy. In Christ, I'm blessed. In Christ, I'm the head and not the tail. In Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. Somebody saw say, I'm in Christ. Praise God. That's what Easter is all about. Easter was to make a way for us to be in Christ. Everybody was born in Adam. But when Christ came, died, and resurrected, we were translated from Adam into Christ. And in Christ, everything is good and perfect. Somebody say, access. access. Say, I have unhindered access. I have access. <laughs> Make sure Good Friday you are not here no more. <laughs> There are some messages you have to preach them only at Easter. Yeah. So that Jesus will sit down and smile. That he did a good job. Tonight, come with me to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 10, verse 1 to 16. We'll begin a couple of readings. He says, Rehoboam went to Sikkim, where all Israel, see this golden door that was opened to this young man called Rehoboam went to Sikkim and all Israel had gathered to make him make him a servant make him a slave make him an employee make him what? a king all of them came and they wanted to make him a king that was a golden door a door was open for him his father had passed on and a door you see your father may will you to become the king but if the people are not willing to accept you to be king, you won't be king. But his father had appointed him to be king and all of Israel came together and said, Roboam, it's your turn to be king. And look at this. Verse 2. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. Verse 3. Let's read it together. 
the leaders of Israel summoned him and Jeroboam and all Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. <laughs> Verse 4, let's go. Your father was a hard master, they said, lighting the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Good. Rehoboam replied, come back in three days for my answer. So the people went away. Beautiful. It's not everything you have to answer immediately. Amen. And Rehoboam knew that. He started where? But let's continue. Then Rehoboam discussed the matter with the other men who had counseled his father. Solomon, what is your advice? He asked. How should I answer these people? Let's read it together one go. The other counselors replied. If you are good to these people and do your best to please them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. Now look at this. There's a difference here. The people said that if you would speak kindly to them, will be your subject. Do you remember? But here it says they will always be your loyal subject. That is the difference. And take note of that. Go to verse number 8. Let's read it together. But Roboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. Who is your advisor? What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer these people? Who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? Let's go. The young man replied, this is what you should tell those complainers. Who want a lighter burden? My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Jeroboam's decision. Just as the king had ordered. Verse 13, let's go. But Roboam spoke harshly to them, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of God. For it fulfilled the message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. Alright, go to verse 16. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, Thou with the dynasty of David, we have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. So all the people of Israel returned home. Now let's read from verse 1. Rehoboam went to Sikkim and all Israel had gathered to make him king. If you read the account very well, Rehoboam ended up with only two of the 12 tribes. The rest of Israel, they abandoned him. Fine opportunity. Fine opportunity. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 20 verse 18. Every purpose is established by counsel. And with good advice. Somebody say good advice. Say good advice. Say good advice. Good advice. With good advice, make war. 
I'm teaching on respect for wise counsel. Respect for wise counsel. Respect for wise counsel. One of the sad things I've experienced in pastoral ministry is to see people reject counsel and suffer for it. It's sad to see, but it's always the case that you can't do much about it. The Bible says, Every purpose is established by wise counsel and with good advice, make war. It's sad when you give one advice to one person, it works for him, things go very well with him, and then you give the same advice to another person, he rejects it and things turn out very, very bad with him. Wise counsel is simply good advice. Somebody say good advice. When we talk about wise counsel, we are simply talking about good. Every purpose is established by counsel. And with good advice, make war. If there is good advice, it means there is bad advice. And we saw it in the two accounts. Their father, Solomon, had built up heavy taxes on them. Levied the people. They paid heavy taxes. Levied hard. Solomon was rich. But one of the sources of his wealth was heavy taxes. When his son took over, they said, listen, all we need is for you to lighten our load. Let the taxes reduce. Just like Ghanaians are telling Akufuadu now. Let the taxes reduce. Let the taxes reduce. We live in an economy where a lot of people are not taxed. And a few people are overtaxed. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. I'm a pastor, but sometimes I'm tempted to advise people uh, to be careful when they are starting their business to enter into taxation. Because the moment you open your head, they will bring everything on you. It's sad when you want to do the right thing. They make it very difficult for you to do the right thing. It's a very sad thing. And that is one of the greatest challenges in Africa. They make it very difficult to do the right thing. If you lie, you can easily get your way. But if you tell the truth, ah, yeah, yeah. Am I communicating truth to somebody? Thank God for grace. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because if you want to walk through, 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 <laughs> go to RRS and declare your taxes. Truly, ah, somebody will kill you. <laughs> so you have to find your level and settle it with God. <laughs> Am I communicating here? But what we are saying is that good advice is very important. Somebody say good advice is very important. There are many gifted people who end up being thrown out of great places because they don't listen to advice. They don't. They don't. This young man, Rohobwa, his father inherited the throne and was ready to hand it over to him. But after he handed it over to him, he was kicked out because he will not listen to good advice. Look at Ruth. Last week, we saw how Ruth came into prominence by good advice. Ruth 3 verse 1 to 6. One day Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time I found you a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young men. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now, do as I tell you. Take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the dressing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. I will do everything you say. Did you see that? That's good advice. Good advice was given to her freely. And she said, I will apply. And the moment she applied, her whole generation was changed for good. 
on the basis of good advice. Sometimes it's sad. When you look at a young man, you give him good advice. You know you are giving him good advice. Say, Pastor, I'm going to pray about it. I say, you are a fool. I say it to myself. I can't tell him. Yeah, because many years ago, if I had been where you are, that's what I would have done. Say, I'm going to pray about it. One of the things that really destroys a lot of people is this thing called prayer. <laughs> you see, one of the best things that can happen to you is when you can hear God through a man. That's one of the best things that can, if you can hear God through a man, because everything God has to tell you, tell you through man. The Bible that you have so come to believe, the Bible says all scripture was given by the inspiration of God. Holy men spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's how the Bible came. That's how the Bible came. But today you have become so spiritually foolish that you think that once the Bible is completed, it was written by men, the other men God is using to communicate, they don't have the mind of God. The people who hear God most and they hear him well, they are very sensitive to God in man. Because if God came to you in the form of any kind of being, most of the time you can't even handle him. When God comes, look, Manuel's wife saw an angel. He said, hey, I'm going to die. He said, you are not dying. That's the commonest way God comes to us. The commonest way God comes to us. The commonest way God comes to us. When God wanted to save us, did he come as an angel? He came as man. When he ascended, listen, our salvation was initiated by man. Even Jesus, he is still mediating between us and God in heaven as man. The only time Jesus identifies as man is the mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. To mediate between us, that's how he has to be. The Bible says, when he has ascended on her, he gave gifts unto men. And the gifts were not angels, they were still men. If you cannot receive God in a man, your destiny can never be realized. Never be realized. Never be realized. Our difficulty receiving men is because of the weaknesses and the frailties we know about men. And the reason why God uses men to communicate to us is because there are people who experience the same things you experience. They are better able to communicate the mind of God to you. He said, I'll do everything you say. Esther, look at Esther, Esther, Esther. We talk about Esther's favor. What we don't know is that Esther entered into favor through good advice. Look at this. The Bible said Esther was the daughter of Abiel. Who was Mordecai's uncle? Mordecai had adopted his younger cousin, Esther. When it was Esther's turn to go to the king, she accepted the advice. Do you see that? Do you see that? She accepted what? The advice of Hegiah, the eunuch in charge of Hiram. She asked for nothing except what he suggested. And she was admired by everyone who saw her. Everything they suggested, that's what Esther took. And by the time Esther came out, from her dressing room, everything was on point. And everything was not her choice. Everything she wore was not her choice. But everything that she wore made her become the number one. Today, we have too many wrong choices because we don't open up to advice. Look at it. 17. The king loved Esther more than all the other young women. He was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head and declare her queen instead of Vasta, all through advice. Someone say advice. advice. Say advice. Listen, it is very dangerous to refuse the advice of people who are close to the king, if you want to be close to the king. I take notice of people who don't take the advice of people who are very close to me. People I've known for long. When they advise them and they don't take it, I take it very seriously. Yeah, I take them very seriously. Because 
is a person who has been with someone for a long time. If Asante Bediatuo comes to tell you, you want to get to a Kufado, and he comes to tell you, do A, B, C, D, and you rubbish him. <laughs> I'm not too sure you really want to see a Kufado. I'm not complicating at all. You won't see him. Even if you get the appointment, you will make sure it's cancelled. That is, even if Akufado gets to know that this man advised you and refused, it's just like wanting to see Bantama and then not a several of uh, jabbing. Talks to you. Then he says, oh, Nana, we know, I know what to do. I know what's up. Our two voice, our man. We'll sort him out. <laughs> you get there, you see that access will be denied. Never seek to be close to a king while disrespecting the people who are around him. It's dangerous. Moses enjoyed rest in leadership by listening to advice. Rest in leadership. How many of you remember that Moses was crying for leadership? At a point, he was actually begging God. Look at this. Numbers chapter 11, verse 10 to 15. Moses had all the families standing in the doorways of the tent whining, and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was so very aggravated. Moses said to the Lord, Why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? This is Moses. Follow closely. Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Why am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me, saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The Lord is far too hard. The Lord is far too hard. Now look at this. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. That was leadership under Moses. It was tough. And listen, leadership is tough. If you have never been a leader before, it's easy to criticize, but very difficult to lead. Anybody who has not led before can easily open their mouth to any angle, 360, 180, and talk rubbish. But start leading. Then you become more gracious to those who are leading. Moses came to a point of asking God to kill him because the burden of leadership was too heavy for him. But do you know his savior was in good advice? Somebody say good advice. Look at Exodus 18 verse 15. Exodus 18 verse 15. No living translation. Exodus 18, 15. Moses replied, because the people come to me to get, let's start from verse 13. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's dispute against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. You can imagine. That's a lot of work to do. <laughs> Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people. He asked, what are you really accomplishing? Why are you trying to do all this alone? Why everybody stands around you from morning till evening? Verse 15. Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. Verse 16. When a dispute arises, they come to me and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform them of God's decrees and give them his instructions. Now look at this. He says, verse 17. This is not good. Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You are going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen and let me give you a word of 
a word of may God give you someone who can call you and say listen let me give you a word of advice it's a blessing to have somebody who can call you and say hear a word of advice it's a blessing it's a blessing the man was wearing himself out he was almost dying I said listen but the first thing he told him was what you are doing is not good somebody say what you are doing is not good and we'll address that. Because that is where the challenge really is. We want advice, but we don't want to be told what we are doing is not good. Yeah. Yeah, we want advice, but you don't want to be told, oh, there are too many people. The moment you tell them what you are doing is not good, that's all. Every time I think about this, my heart bleeds. There's a man that had a challenge with his marriage. I had listened to his complaints about his wife again and again, over and over again. One day, I sat him down and I told him, man, what you are doing is not good. And that was it. Praise God. What you are doing is not good. That was it. I didn't hear from him again. Today, they are almost divorcing. They are in court. They will finish very soon. Praise God. Because most of the time, we are comfortable with advice as long as it's what we want to hear. But the moment is not what we want to hear, we are not comfortable. Praise God. And if you are going to take advice from someone, he must be one who can tell you what you are doing is not good. Anybody you are not ready to take what you are doing is not good from, don't look for advice from him. Seven reasons why you must respect good advice. One, it helps you to enter and stay in divinely open doors. It helps you to enter. Somebody say it helps you to enter. Most people enter open doors, but they don't stay in it for long. As soon as they enter, they are coming out. They enter a good marriage, they don't stay in it for long. They enter a good church, they don't stay in it for long. They enter into a good job, they don't stay in it for long. <laughs> I mean, there was somebody who had a job, and not long after she had the job, she was also looking for another opportunity to move and say, stay here a little bit. Stay here, you just got this one, stay on a little bit. What are you looking for? So much in a hurry. To enter an open door, you need counsel. To stay in it, you also need counsel. There are people, when they are going for marriage, they are open for marital counseling. The moment they marry, they don't consider marriage counseling as important anymore. They tell themselves, and I've heard people again and again, they tell themselves, we're trying to solve it ourselves. We have been trying to solve it for almost a year. And you are still trying to solve it. Wise up. Can't you even say wise up? Yeah. Wise counsel helps you to enter and stay in divinely open doors. Roboam, the door opened for him. What he needed to stay in was wise counsel. And the advice came in handy, but he would not listen. So because he refused to listen, he came out. He didn't pray for the door to be opened. Wise counsel was supposed to keep him in, but he won't listen. Number two, there is nothing new under the sun. That's why you need to be open to wise counsel. There is, let me tell you, there is nothing you are trying to do that has not been done before. Don't be a fool. There is nothing you are trying to do that has not been done before. Everything you are trying to do has been done before. You are not the first person to marry a difficult woman. You are not the first person. You are not the first person to marry a disrespectful wife. You are not the first person. Can a Hazarus married one like that? You are not the first person. Praise God. You are not the first person to be a leader. You are not. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 to 10, he said, that which has been is what will be. 
Oh, I like it. And that which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Because most of the time when people are refusing advice, all they try to say, this thing is not common. It's a, it's a new experience. Nobody has seen this thing before. It's a unique terrain. Listen, whatever you think is unique to you is only unique to you. It's new to you, but not new to humanity. Everybody, somewhere, somehow, someone has seen that before. That's why when you become open to advice, the Bible said in the multitude of counselors, there's what? Safety. There's nothing new. Somebody said there's nothing new. Anywhere you want to go, people have gone there before. You want to go to the moon, people have gone and come back. Yeah. Going to America, people have gone there and come back. Anywhere you want to do, you want to pastor, people have pastored, died, and come back. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Jesus came to pastor, he died, he resurrected, and he's coming back. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. You have been hurt. You are not the first person to be hurt. This one that you are going from place to place talking, everybody should know how you were hurt and you were badly treated as if you are the only person who has been badly treated. Jesus was betrayed by people he came to help. When they look for accusation, something he has done to really stand on it, they didn't find any. Still, they accuse him. With your many sins, when people are accusing you, Keep quiet and let them accuse you. Because by all probability, some of them may be true. Am I communicating somebody here? Yeah. You are not Jesus. Some of them may be true. <laughs> Number three, wise counsel is one of the commonest ways God guides us. That's one of the commonest ways God guides us. One of the commonest ways. When the Holy Spirit gives me a conviction about something, and I know this is what the Holy Spirit is saying, fine. But if I have not heard from God on a matter, ha, I'll be asking this one, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I can go back and come and ask you again. And you think as if I've forgotten myself. I'm trying to solidify my conviction. Ha, what do you think? What do you think? Because people can help me think better. Am I communicating here? It was President Woodrow Wilson of the United States. He said, do not only use the brains you have, borrow as many as you can. And you do that through wise counsel. When you bounce your ideas with wise people, that's why among the things you have to do is to surround yourself with wise people so that when they are talking, you'll be seeing wisdom. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Wise counsel is the commonest ways God guides us into our glorious destiny. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm 73 verse 24. You will guide me with wise counsel and afterward leading me into a glorious destiny. Give me the New Living Translation. Ah, look at that. Leading me into glorious destiny. You will end in your glorious destiny. Wise counsel will bring you into your glorious destiny. Number four, respect for wise counsel is a mark of wisdom. One of the things you can know that will help you to know easily you are dealing with a big fool. It's his attitude to counsel. Foolish people don't value counsel. Look at what your Bible and my Bible says. Proverbs 12, 15. Message version, please. He said, fools are headstrong. Do what they like. Wise people take advice. Somebody say, fools are headstrong. That's for me. I'm principled. You are being foolish. 
I've made up my mind. <laughs> you have made up your mind about something very stupid. Praise God. Because ultimately, in the end, you will see that yielding to counsel would have helped you a lot. He said, fools are headstrong. <laughs> As for me, I listen to myself, me and myself. That's how foolish people behave. He says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth to counsel is wise. Look at Proverbs 13, 10. Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice. Somebody say take advice. Uh, I like the way Proverbs put it. Take advice, not hear advice. They take it. They take advice. They are wise. They take advice. They are wise. Proverbs 19.20 Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. How many of you want to be wise the rest of your life? He opened to advice. He said, get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. The rest of your life. If you want to overcome foolishness in life, be open to advice. Be open to what? Be open to advice. Wise counsel guarantees, number five, guarantees safety, longevity, and success in the journey of life. The journey of life. The journey of life. The journey of life. People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a command will succeed. How many of you want to succeed? Have great respect for advice. People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Trouble, 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 trouble. Trouble. Psalm 107, I like Psalm 107 verse 11 to 12. Because they rebel against the words of God and despise the counsel of the Most High, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. May there be always help for you. I said, may they always be here for you. Now look at uh, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 28. Let me show you Proverbs chapter 1 verse 26 to 29. Very good scripture there. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 25, 26, 27. He said, because you set up not all my counsel and would none of my reproof, you ignore my advice and rejected the correction I offered. Look at verse 26. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock when your disaster overtakes you. Verse 7, he says, When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you. May you not be overwhelmed. Now listen, all these are dangers you expose yourself to when you neglect advice. He said, then you will cry for help, I will not answer. More complicated here. When God gives you counsel and reject it, your prayer sometimes is a waste of time in his ears. There are people who have refused counsel and they have become major prayer points. Wise counsel enhances your effectiveness and increases your rate of success. Somebody say, it enhances your effectiveness. Yeah, enhances your effectiveness. You want to be effective, be open to wise counsel. Whatever you are doing, be open to wise counsel. Be open to wise counsel. It enhances your effectiveness and increases your rate of success. Why? Because wise counsel protects you and prevents you from making a lot of mistakes. 
And as long as your mistakes are reduced, your speed is increasing life. One of the things about life is that the more you make mistakes, the lesser the rate at which you can run. But the less your mistakes, the faster you are able to run. And one of the things that helps you to limit your mistakes in life is good counsel. Good counsel will deliver you from a lot of mistakes. You look at uh, Moses, the father-in-law asking, he said, what are you trying to accomplish? <laughs> what are you trying to? All this, what are you trying to accomplish? You are not making progress. Can't you see? That's what he asked him. Look at that with me. The next day, Moses sat down to hear the people's dispute each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. Look at him. When Moses' father-in-law saw all he was doing, he asked him, what are you really accomplishing here? Look at you. you are <laughs> what are you accomplishing? And Moses opened his mouth to tell him that <laughs> he was bragging. I'm alone. I'm the one God has called. I'm the one God has, has anointed. Without counsel, Bible says purposes are what? Disappointed in the motive of counselors and safety. Number seven, wise counsel guarantees rest and peace of mind. Somebody say rest and peace of mind. Say rest and peace of mind. Yeah, if you want to experience peace of mind, be open to wise counsel. Five reasons why people disregard wise counsel. Quickly. Five reasons why people disregard wise counsel. One, ignorance about the benefit of wise counsel. The Bible said my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. The day I realized that prophecies could be overturned if a man followed wise counsel, I began to respect counsel on another level. Prophecies. <laughs> you know, the Roboam story we read, a prophecy had gone ahead that Jeroboam was going to take over. But if Roboam had listened to their counsel, they said they will always be your loyal subject if you read it. He said they will always be your So these guys were going to be his loyal subject provided this guy had listened to wise counsel. That means the prophecy was going to be made of null effect. There are times where people say, oh, I, be, I was given a prophecy not to marry a person. Listen, even if you are given a prophecy before and you didn't listen to the prophecy, if you take wise counsel from God's word, the marriage can work. Am I communicating it? The marriage can work. It can work. God is able to make all things work together for our good. But that prophecy has become rooted, become a stronghold in your mind that you are not ready to work out any better way to solve the challenge because of the prophecy. That's all you think. Any challenge that comes your way is because I didn't obey this prophecy. It's because I didn't obey this prophecy. You are living your life under a lie. Ignorance. Somebody say ignorance. The Bible says people who despise wise counsel are asking for trouble. Trouble will not come your way. And number two, pride. You heard how long I, I pronounced it. Pride. P-R-I-D. Pride. The Bible says, only by pride come at contention. But with well advice is wisdom. Well advice is wisdom. Well advice is wisdom. It takes a lot of humility to receive not just receive and to act on wise counsel. It takes a lot of humility. Somebody say it takes a lot of humility. Yeah, because you see, before you can receive wise counsel, you have to one admit that you don't know what to do. Am I communicating? And a lot of people find it very difficult to admit that they don't know what to do. They always want to be known as they are in charge. I don't want people to know that I'm struggling. Who are you? I, I want us to settle our matter by ourselves. And it's killing you softly. 
Killing me softly. <laughs> it's killing. Gradually you are dying. Emotionally you are dying. You are dying inside. Uba. <laughs> you are dying coming. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> because you are not open to wise counsel. The Bible says in Isaiah 5 verse 21, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Woe to those. Somebody say woe. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Tell yourself, I'm not above wise counsel. Your money does not put you above wise counsel. Yeah? Solomon, the wisest king, had advisors. You, you saw it. Solomon had advisors. So, hey. Solomon had advices. <laughs> the wisest of the wisest. <laughs> and <laughs> that is why I pity Rohoboam. He was such a foolish boy. Your father was the wisest man. And he had advisors who helped him to maintain peace all through his reign. And then you come and you are privileged to have some of such people around you. You should thank God. Listen. Life, if you are people who can advise you, thank God for them. I said, thank God for them. Thank God. Thank God. It's a blessing to have people who can advise you. Because I realize, I realize that eh, there are some things eh, God will never tell you himself. He will use only human beings to tell you. <laughs> it's, it's strange, but that's how God works it. He will never tell you himself. Do you know who Moses was? Let me show you something about Moses. Please take your seat. Let me show you something about Moses. Come with me to Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. Numbers, because if there was a man who should not have needed advice, it should have been Moses. Numbers chapter 12, the New Living Translation, verse 6 to 8. He is not one man who should have been advised by anybody. And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I say. Now listen. This was an account that happened when Miriam and Aaron stood up against Moses and they spoke against Moses, criticized him. So God is angry at their behavior and is about to respond. Look at what he says. He said, now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, will reveal myself in visions. I will speak to them in dreams. But verse 7. But not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he's the one I trust. Be careful when you lift up your big mouth and you are talking about men of God. Be careful. Some of us, we are so uncultured in our faith that when we go to work and unbelievers are talking about pastors, we put our mouth into it. It's a bad kingdom culture. Never open your mouth anywhere and criticize any man of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. The Bible said before his master, he standed or fallen. Who are you to judge another man's servant? He said, not my servant most of all my house. He's the one I trust. And by the way, Moses had done something they knew was wrong. But God says he's the one I trust. That's what God said. He said he's the one of all my house. The one you said has misbehaved. He's the one I trust. When it comes to spiritual authority and how God deals with his men, you have to be very careful. Verse 8. Look at what the Bible says. I speak to him face to face clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? Now listen, how many of you have spoken to God face to face before? 
Moses spoke to God face to face. God didn't speak to him in dreams. That said the Lord. No, no, no. Now, Moses could hear God audibly as a man speaks to his friend. And yet, when he came to leadership, God said, eh, eh, if you won't listen to your father-in-law, be there, you will die. That is God will never tell you himself. So as for me, I'm waiting. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Fool, the Holy Spirit is speaking long ago. You have not heard. He used your pastor to speak. He used your friend to speak. He used your choir leader to speak to you. If you are not hearing, you may never hear it. It takes humility. Now, by the time Moses met this, uh, this man Jethro, Jethro had not opened any Red Sea. He had not commanded anything. He had not seen any miracle. And he was the one who knew what to do for him to succeed. Most of the time, when people are skilled, gifted, it easily enters their head. I realize that people who are very difficult to control are people who are gifted. When you are gifted and you allow it to enter your head, oh, listen, it's not bad to be gifted, but it's bad for your giftedness to enter your head. It will destroy you. It will destroy you. The father-in-law looked at him all this time. Look, Moses and that brother, Aaron, tried to correct him, God dealt with him. Miriam tried to step in, God dealt with him. Nobody had been able to speak to Moses face to face. and said, Moses, father-in-law. And when he came, he said, Moses, let me tell you, all this nonsense you are doing is not good. Better stop that foolish things you are doing. He said, yes, sir. I hear you. That's what he told him. He said, what you are doing is not good. Nobody has ever told him that. Yeah. No wonder, you know what Moses was described as the meekest man of all the men. It takes meekness to receive. Some of you, sometimes your greatest advice, God was giving it to you through your wife. By your head, <laughs> the, I'm the head, I'm the head that's eating you so up that you couldn't see the sense in it. It takes humility to receive advice from a woman. Am I communicating here? to take advice from somebody who is below do you know one of the things that saved David was an advice he received from one girl later on he married the girl David was smart <laughs> when you go home take time and read 1 Samuel chapter 25 those of you who are not married that's how you should select a woman yeah. David one day was hungry and you know when you are angry you are hungry you are angry the man got angry, needed food, and this guy annoyed him. So he sat on his uh, horse, ready to commit murder. All through David's life, he had never avenged himself. Many people rose up against David. All kinds of people rose up against him. King Saul, he never avenged himself. But this one, David said, I will show this guy called Naba what it means. And then, on his way, Abigail ran and met this David. And said, David, ah, listen, don't worry yourself. As for my husband, his name is Naba. You don't know. Naba means fool. <laughs> my husband is called Naba. And his name means for folly is with him. Folly is with him. Oh, I'm not joking. When you go read it, he said, He's my husband. I've been living with him for the past 25 years. And all I see in him is foolishness. Don't worry about him. Don't go. <laughs> if you do this, you will spoil your name. I know God is going to make you king. And when you become a king, you, there shouldn't be any spot in your descent that the king one time murdered somebody. So don't make that mistake. David, all the hunger left him. He said, ah, this guy is talking sense. 
this girl is talking sense. And then she's ended. He said, okay, and by the way, please, when you eventually become king, please remember me. The girl was smart, though. The moment she got home, nah, David didn't go. He collected the food, everything, and went. <laughs> and when she got home, she didn't tell her husband what had happened. The next day, at dawn, he woke her husband up. He said, hey, Naba, <laughs> my husband, <laughs> do you know what was about to happen to you yesterday? <laughs> that foolish behavior I've been advising you about, you don't listen. You don't know what was about to happen. Yesterday, David was about to kill you. He came with his horseman. The moment the lady finished out, a guy got stroke. You see, he got stroke. Oh, I'm not joking. When you go read First Samuel chapter 25, read it there. He got stroke, and then the next day, God Himself came to kill him. A man God was about to kill. David wanted to go and put his hand in it, but for good advice, and that advice came from a woman. Not all women will give you apple to eat. Am I communicating? Am I communicating here? Yeah. Women can give us apple. They can also deliver us from killing Naba. You just have to discern the times. Yeah. Number three is foolishness. People don't take advice because of foolishness. The Bible said a wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. If you are a talkative, you don't listen much. If you are a talkative, you don't listen much. Learn to listen. Most of our problems will easily be solved if you will learn to listen. If you allow your husband to finish the point he wants to make, you will know that this is your heart that is boiling. It will go away by itself. Learn to listen. A wise man will hear and will increase. A man of understanding will attain to wise counsel. The Bible said the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Oh, I like Proverbs chapter 23, verse 9, the New Living Translation and the Good News. Don't try to talk sense to a fool. You give him all sides of the coin, he won't see it. As for foolishness, eh, God must help you out of it. Bible says foolishness is bound to the heart of the child. Only God can cleanse it. Look at it. Don't try to talk. The New Living Translation, don't waste your breath on fools, for they will despise the wisest advice. Don't waste your time. Waste your time. Number four. Lack of respect for age and experience. Somebody say age and experience. Ted, I want you to learn this. Learn to respect age and experience. Experience doesn't matter. Experience Experience matters. Experience matters. Experience matters. Because I've realized that apart from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, wisdom comes through age and experience. Somebody say, wisdom comes through age and experience. Or say it, wisdom comes through age and experience. Never take the advice of someone who is older than you in anything, whether in age or in a certain oppression. Never take their advice for granted. Never. Today, it may not apply. Tomorrow you see the sense in it. My father used to say something many years ago. I never agreed with him until recently. And my father died almost 30 years ago. I never agreed with him until recently. When the thing happened, I said, hey, now I know why. The old man was right. Praise God. 
Never, never take old age for granted. I respect, even if you are two years older, one year or six months older than me, I respect you, acknowledge you as such. Never, never. Roboam rejected the wisdom of the old guys and settled for the young guys. And that was his end. Look at what the Bible says, how wisdom comes. Job 32, verse 7 to 8. I said, somebody say, I said, age should what? Speak. A multitude of years should teach what? Wisdom. Age, speak. A multitude of years. There are things no matter how smart, how many books you read, you can only get them by age. Praise God. You can only get, he said, age should speak. Multitude of years should teach wisdom. Then he says, there's a spirit in man. You know, many years ago, I used to read it in isolation. But now I understand that it is in context. I said, as you speak, multitude of years you teach wisdom. Verse 8, there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty given him understanding. So he's just telling you various ways by which wisdom comes. Age and multitude of years brings wisdom. But the spirit of God in a man also brings wisdom. Am I communicating here? And if you have both, are you no more than a conqueror? You have the wisdom of old age by your side. You have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit by your side. You are gone. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature by submitting to his parents. Look at it. Luke chapter 2 verse 51 to 52. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. He was subject to them. He was subject. Somebody say, subject to them. 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 Let me close with this. Ungodly relationships. Many people don't value wise counsel because of ungodly relationships. Oh, now so for the idea with him. Oh, they can't say my Bible, Bible. See, ungodly relationships. When you have ungodly friends and mates around you, they always make nonsense of what the Bible says. Ah, you pa, why, why should you a man say sorry to a woman? Abi, that is not that nothing in no chakra. No <laughs> what the Bible says will bring you peace. You are, you are debating it with your intellectual school, uh, old school wisdom. <laughs> That is not like uh, St. Augustine's boy. Okay, be there. When the marriage fails, you will know that <laughs> you are not a St. Augustine's guy. Praise God. The Bible said the mouth of the godly gives wise advice. Proverbs 10.31, quickly. The mouth of the godly gives what? Wise advice. But the tongue that deceives will be cut off. Proverbs 12, 26. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Proverbs 15, 7. The lips of the wise gives good advice. But the heart of a fool has none to give. None to give. None to... So if you have friends who don't have any good advice to give, it's a revelation that they have a heart of a fool. The Bible said, do not be deceived. Evil communication corrupt one good manners. Proverbs 13 22. He said, he that walks with wise men shall be wise, a companion of who shall be destroyed. Psalm 1 verse 1, Amplified version said, blessed. Ay, 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 ay. Blessed. Somebody say blessed. 
the amplified version says, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, enviable is a man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stand submissive and active in the part where sinners walk, nor cease to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. May our ears be open to good advice. In the mighty name of Jesus. Afroqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afroqua on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Oh, 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 oh,